Well, hello, happy Easter. Good to be able to come and preach to you today. Obviously, I would love to have come and done it in person, but uh, not possible. But who knows, maybe in the future, uh, I may come and do that. I guess it depends if I do a good job today or not. Barney will have to decide. Um, but I want you to uh, begin by casting your minds back to, I think, May 2006, a date that I'm sure you all remember for obvious reasons like me, West Ham, found themselves, I'm a West Ham fan by the way, found themselves in the FA Cup final against Liverpool. Now, Liverpool obviously the favourites, but West Ham, we took the lead, we was winning 2-0, it went to 2-all, we went 3-2 up, and within minutes, we were going to win the FA Cup for the first time in my lifetime at least. There was literally loads of people crammed into my front room, family watching it, and then in the last minute, Steven Gerrard scores this unbelievable goal and he takes the match to penalties and then West Ham, we lost on penalties. I still remember the tears on the faces of, of the people in, in the room with me and, uh, and as usual, when you go to a sporting event, uh, they often somehow manage to find the little kid who's crying in the crowd. They're cruel, those cameramen. I find the, the little boy crying and, um, and now panicking on, on, on them. And, and, and if you've ever been to a sporting event, you'll have seen that before, right? It's been a year now since we've had sort of crowds at major sporting events. But in sporting events, uh, a team will win, a team will lose. And so you kind of got the, the towel of the two different teams. There, there'll be some fans that are over the moon, full of celebration and joy and, and victory. And then they're, they're like hugging one another and they're just buzzing because their team has won. And then kind of on the other side of the coin, you've got people that are like in tears and in sorrow and despair and, and they're gutted. It's like they've, they've been dealt a, a blow. Well, the reason that I share that story is because today I want us to, on this Easter Sunday, the, uh, look a little bit at the journey of the story of the disciples, of Jesus' closest mates, his closest friends, his apprentices, his disciples, uh, and look at their experience on Easter Sunday. Because for them, they very much felt like they were part of the winning team. Jesus spent three years with him and he was doing some amazing things. He was healing people. He was, he was opening blind eyes. He was, uh, the lame were walking. He was gathering thousands of crowds in, in crowds and, and preaching. Some amazing things were happening and they thought, yeah, this is it. We're, we're on the winning team. And then what seems like at the last minute, he's arrested, uh, beaten and killed, murdered on a cross. And they're left feeling a bit like I was when you've just lost the cup final, probably even worse than that, they're, they're, they're completely gutted. And so we're going to use John's gospel, there's four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they were just eyewitness accounts, people that, that they were friends of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, and they wrote down what they saw. And so we're going to read, if you've got a Bible, you can uh, go to John chapter 20, starting at verse 19, uh, and I think the text will come up. And so we're going to read this together, which again, like I said to you, this is the first ever Easter Sunday. So let me read this passage, starting at verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. And he said to them, Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they're forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. 
This is God's word. I'm just going to pray and then we'll just dig into this a little bit together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Easter Sunday, a time for us to celebrate, a time for us to be full of joy because uh, Jesus Christ has risen from the grave. And Lord, we pray as we look at this passage together, as we learn from these first few moments of the disciples on their Easter Sunday, Lord, we, we pray will you uh, help us. We pray will you teach us, will you show us something that we've not seen before as we look at this passage together. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the passage kicks off, letting us know what's going on. It's the evening of the first day. It says it's the evening of the first day of the week. That was, uh, means it's a Sunday, because in those days, the Jewish people, even now, the, the Sabbath is the Saturday, and the first day of the week would have been a Sunday. So it's, it's Sunday evening, Easter Sunday. Jesus has been dead now a couple of days, and you can imagine how the disciples were feeling. It's been a couple of days of grief, of Anger, of confusion, of, of probably arguing, bickering one another. You left it, oh, you let him arrest him. I oh, know, well, you should have done more. They're probably, well, what are we going to do now? What's going to happen next? The disciples were concerned, probably angry. It's been a couple of days of just not knowing what they're going to do. And it, and it actually says that the doors were locked where the disciples were. They, they're probably in someone's home, it doesn't say, but they're in someone's home and they've, they've locked themselves in. If you like, they're in lockdown. We, we, we kind of know a little bit how they feel now, but this is not, this is not government guidelines or restrictions or something Boris has told them to do. This is voluntary lockdown. They've, they've locked themselves in. Why? Because they're scared, fear. Fearful of, of, of what the Jews might do to them or the Romans might do to them. They killed our leader. What are they going to do to us, his followers? We were really vocal about being his disciples. What's, what's going to happen now? They were gripped by fear. Many of us have, have been there, in this last year especially, where we've been fearful or worried or anxious about a whole load of different things. But even before this year, sometimes fear can immobilise us. It can stop us in our tracks when we get fearful or, or worried or anxious. We can stop moving forward. We can just lock ourselves away, cut ourselves off, isolate ourselves. And this is what happened to disciples. Many of us, like I said, can relate, particularly for the last year or so. You see, the disciples, it's almost like they'd counted themselves out. Mary and the women, they'd gone down to the tomb. They said, you know what, we're gonna, we want to make sure that the, the body is, is prepared in the right way. We want to make sure that there's gonna be, they're going to go and put some incense and spices down there. They, they were still kind of mobile and thinking, no, we're gonna, we need to do something. But these disciples, they'd, they'd counted themselves out. They were like, no, we're not interested. We're, we're locking ourselves away. We're, we're out of the race, if you like. And then something amazing happens. Jesus turns up. In the midst of their fear and worry and anxiety, Jesus is there. Friends, I want to start off by saying that's the same for you and me. In the midst of anxiety and worry and concern and distress and anger and confusion, Jesus is with us. In fact, when you read Deuteronomy, you kind of go back in the scriptures and in Deuteronomy 31 is a promise of God. I will never leave you or forsake you. A promise being fulfilled even in this very moment now to his disciples. I'll never leave you or forsake you. And then what we get is the first words that Jesus says to his disciples after he's been raised from the dead. Jesus has, has raised, he's got a, a physical body. We, we, it tells us that in the text. That he shows them his hands and his side, but he, he, just, he just appears in the room. It doesn't tell us how. He doesn't knock or force his way in, he's just there. And the first thing that he says to his disciples in the midst of all that's going on is what? 
peace be with you. In many ways, it was a, it was a greeting. Still popular in, 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 mid, in the Middle East today, shalom. But, but the way Jesus uses it here is, is far more loaded than that. It's more than just a greeting. He's not just saying, oh, all right, everyone, hello, good to see you. He's saying, peace be with you. Jesus, when you read the gospel stories, spoke a lot about peace. He, one of the things he's called is a prince of peace. If you kind of rewind in the scriptures, you go back to John 14, 27. Jesus says, listen, peace I give to you. I've come to give you peace. So he says in, in John 16, I've told you these things. Why? So that you may have peace. He wants to deliver on that promise of bringing peace. Just a little while ago, it was my Mrs. 30, Sylvia. And, and so we, um, I'd obviously decided, because I feel like you have to when, when maybe someone turns 30 or an age like that, to get those kind of big helium fall balloons, right? It seemed like a good idea at the time. And um, I, I paid the, you know when you go online and, and trying to get all the guy delivered to my mum and dad's house so she wouldn't know. And I even paid the extra to get a specific name day delivery, you know, which always feels like a con when you've got to pay an extra however much on top. So I, I pay for that. What happens? It doesn't come on that day. And they've always got little clauses, don't they, where they say, like, subject to, you know, uh, the Royal Mail. You think, well, you know, no chance. Or subject to, you know, whatever delivery company they use. But they didn't deliver them on that day. I had to get in touch, and it caused all sorts of problems. And it always makes me, I think, in lockdown, all of us have experienced the pain, probably, of some form of delivery, not coming on time or coming late or getting the wrong thing. They don't always deliver on their promises. Jesus delivers on his promise. He promises, listen, I'm going to bring you peace. I've come that you may have peace. I'm saying this to you that you may have peace. And the first thing he says to his disciples, and he repeats it in this passage twice, peace be with you. And there's, I guess, two forms of peace that I just kind of want to touch on, that Jesus is talking about peace. The first is, is simply peace in that moment. They, they're stressed, they're worried, they're angry, they're fearful. In the midst of what Jesus said, no, be still, have peace. Uh, this sort of peace, is a, there's a depth to it in knowing that Jesus is with them. This is not the sort of peace that you see sort of like on an on a advert for a holiday, you know, you sort of picture someone laying down in a sun lounger, you know, sort of hands behind their head, like relaxing, ah, oh, peace. You know, that's not the, or if you're a parent, you think, oh, I just want a moment's peace, you know, you kind of go upstairs, you're still five minutes or, or ten minutes, you think, oh, I've just had you know, ten minutes of peace. That's not the sort of peace Jesus is talking about. This is a sort of peace that is, uh, it doesn't matter, regardless of your circumstances, whatever's going on with, with you financially, with your health-wise, with your family, with your job, whatever, in the midst of any circumstances, you can know a deep peace that Jesus is with you. That's the sort of shalom and peace that Jesus is talking about here. That's the first type of peace, I guess, or the first kind of meaning that this word has. The second thing, in fact, arguably, is the most important. Jesus is talking about peace with God. What's the last thing that Jesus... We've got the first thing Jesus says to himself. What's the last thing that he's recorded of Jesus saying before he dies? The last thing that he said. It is finished. The mission of Jesus, the, the, the work that he was trying to do was, he was saying, I went to the cross, I came and lived a life to defeat the power of sin and death. The, the punishment for sin is death. All of us have sinned, have wronged from God, have, have turned from him. That's what we deserve, that punishment. Jesus has come and says, no, I've come to deal with that. I've defeated the power of sin and death. And as he hung on the cross, he says, it is finished. I've dealt with it, it's done. And in doing so, 
I've made a way for you, for me, for us, to have peace with God, to know God. Because all, all of our stuff, all of our mess, all of our rubbish, all of our sin, it was in the way of that. It was blocking that, that, that peace to have with God because we'd wronged him. And nothing we can do can make up for that. But Jesus comes and says, no, I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to get rid of it. And when we repent, when we turn away from it and acknowledge that and come before God, we have peace with him. You see, friends, all of us are going to die, right? I know it's not the nicest thing to say. But the reality is that all of us will die. And, and when you think about, I know there'll be a lot of people over the last year, because of just the tragedy of this pandemic, it's brought a lot of us more sort of closer face to face with, with death to think about these things. And, and when we do die, we'll stand before God. And in those moments, trust me now, you'll want to know that you have peace with God. How do we do that? By, being, by believing and trusting and, and, and knowing Jesus. So he gives us a deep peace within ourselves that we may know but also a peace with God. That's what Easter means. That's the first thing that Jesus wanted to establish with his disciples. Peace be with you. And that's what I want to say to you today. Wherever you are, wherever you're watching from, this might be your first time here, peace be with you. You can know God, you can know peace with God today if you repent of, of, of your sin and turn to follow him. So the first thing is peace. I've got three peace today, by the way, just to kind of keep it going. So the first thing that we get in this passage that Jesus gives them is peace. The second thing that Jesus gives them is purpose. When you keep reading the passage, after he said, peace be with you, he says, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Jesus had a mission to come, and it was like a rescue mission. He came and he fulfilled his mission. And now he's saying to his disciples, I'm giving you a mission. I'm sending you out. And I say that because some of us, you know, uh, you might, this might be your first time watching church online. Brilliant. It's good to have you here. This might be, you might have been around the block, you might have been in the church for, for years and years and years and you can think, oh, Easter, you know, a kind of resurrection message, great, oh, I kind of heard it before. No. It's a, it's a fresh reminder for all of us that the part of the message of Easter is that we've been sent out to be his representatives, to be his, his, his spokespeople, to be his ambassadors for Jesus, to go and tell people who he is and what he's done. Easter is the launch pad of the church. It's where it starts. Easter Sunday, he starts to gather the disciples in. Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you to be sent out. All of us, we're, we're, we're sent ones. Not only do we have a peace, but we've got a purpose. We've got a mission. We've got a job to do. We've got something to be getting on with. Uh, and that's why, you know, it's so exciting. So no, we're being sent out to do these things. And so as well as establishing that, that we've got peace, Notice, though, that before he gives them his mission, before he says, I've got a purpose you should do, he wants to establish, but first you need to know that, that you've got peace. Firstly, you need to know that peace, and now I'm sending you out with a purpose. And then he goes on, doesn't he? So we've got peace, we've got purpose, and now he says, I'm going to promise you power. After he, he says that, he says, when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you receive the Holy Spirit, so he says, in many ways, Jesus is saying, you know, my, my breath, my, you know, my, my life, my word will, will, will kind of empower you, will be in the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. In a little while, when Jesus ascends to heaven, 
the Holy Spirit is poured out in a remarkable way at the day of Pentecost. But, but what Jesus is saying here is, listen, I've got a mission for you to do. I've got a purpose for you. I've got something you need to do. But you cannot do this in and of your own accord. There's going to be a power. I want you to receive the Holy Spirit. What's going to take these men from being these kind of fearful, crumbling, cowardly men, locked away in a home, to being those who are going to go and proclaim the message of Jesus wherever they go? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Today, as, uh, on this Easter Sunday, we need to be reminded of that. That we need to receive the Holy Spirit afresh again today to be able to fulfil the mission that he's given us to do. So I've come that you may have peace. I've come that, that, that you may have a purpose, that you've got a, a job to do, that you've got a mission, and I'm going to give you the power to do it. I'm going to give you the tools that you need to be equipped to empower and go after God in full measure. That's the encounter that the disciples get with Jesus when they first meet with him. This is their first Easter Sunday. And then he says something towards the very end, which for quite a while confused me and, and I had to really think about well, what does this mean for the disciples at the time? Because in, in verse 23 he then says, if you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. You sort of think, well, what, what do you mean by that, Jesus? You know, what does that really mean? Well, I'll tell you what, what he's really saying is he's saying that I've given you a message, a task to do, to go and speak and proclaim. And so when, by the, by the, the power of the Holy Spirit that I've given you, you speak, you proclaim, you tell people about who I am and the message of Jesus, when you do that and people receive that message, people acknowledge that message, say, yeah, you know what, I, I, I believe that Jesus is who he says he is. I'm going to repent and turn away from my sin and, and, and follow God. When people do that, they will receive forgiveness because of the very words you've spoken to them. But if people choose to ignore that message, they actually, you know what, it's a load of nonsense. You know what, I don't believe you. You know what, I don't want to hear it. You know what, I'm going to ignore it. If people do that, and, they, and many will, then they won't receive forgiveness. We hold the, the power of life and death in our tongue. Scripture says that, and we really do. Forgiveness will be withheld from them if they don't acknowledge what we say. And, and so that means today that, that you sort of have, have an individual like me, you know. I'm here today speaking to you. Many of you, you don't know who I am. You don't know really anything about me. But I'm here today as, a, as an ambassador, as a, as, a, as a representative of Jesus, of, of speaking these words, of, of letting you know who he is and what he done. And I, and I would plead with you, I would encourage you to believe the very words that I'm saying, that you have an opportunity today to acknowledge Jesus Christ again, to know the, the, the peace of God. Not in a way where it's just like, all right, if I know who God is, you kind of, great, I, I get a ticket to heaven, yeah, I'll acknowledge God. But it's not just kind of when we get to stand before God that we'll have peace with him, but it's also the way that we live our lives, knowing peace in the midst of all circumstances, all situations, However difficult things are now in the peace of God. And so as I, as I come into to, to close today, I, I will plead with you to receive this message. Maybe you've never done that. Maybe you've never acknowledged who Jesus is. Maybe this is the first time that you're really considering these things. I'll say, listen, turn away, repent. Turn away from your sin, acknowledge who God is. Receive forgiveness, put your faith in Jesus 
and receive peace with God. And maybe you've been around the church a long time. Maybe you are a Christian. I say to you again, again, it's this Easter Sunday. Let's get fired up for the mission that God's given us to do. To be sent out as his people with a purpose. To be empowered by the Holy Spirit to go and tell as many people we can about who Jesus is. About the peace that he's given us. And so I'll end today by saying the same thing that Jesus said to all of us. In the midst of all this going on, in the midst of global pandemics,